Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong Giants fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother and co-host, Matthew Henry. I guess it takes more than one episode to be esteemed, huh? It does. It does. It takes a long time to steam Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. You know, I'm not a big-time free agent. I gotta, I gotta earn my playing time. I get it. That's right, because as we know, the San Francisco Giants don't do big-time free agent signings, Matthew. That's not how we roll. That's right. That's not, that's not how we win 107 games, and that's not how we follow that up. That's right. Just call me Tyro Estrada. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm getting ahead of ourselves. I'm getting ahead of ourselves today, because uh, we, 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 we might be talking a little bit about free agency. And, uh, but before we get to that, Matthew... I have a question for you. Yes. Do you like blondies or brownies? Oh, we're back to these questions. I like it. Okay. Well, this one is easy for me. It is brownies all day long. Like brownies are, I mean, blondies are like, like a cookie. Like what, what are they? Like I, a dry cookie at that, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not pretty sure that they are the, um, Ying to 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 brownies yang. No, no, no. Ice cream is the ying to brownies yang. Blondies are some perverted like somebody just decided to make it because they hated chocolate. Like I, no. Brownies I'd like all to think day. that I'd like to think that they ran out of chocolate. Oh, and it was like kismet that they made this really awful like secondary dessert. <laughs> kismet <laughs> is that kismet? I don't know that. <laughs> well, they might think so. I I, right, I think it was yeah. an unfortunate accident. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I I I'm a brownies guy too. I don't even know why I, that those words just came out of my mouth. <laughs> I like, like how I don't you, pre- just, you don't even prepare don't, for these. Do you? I don't prepare these questions ahead of time. It's just whatever <laughs> comes out of my mouth. And and usually it's like hesitating and haltering because the things that I'm thinking you can't say in our family are not podcast. Steve Cook approved. <laughs> All right, well, Steve Cook. Did I just call him that? Is that his? Yeah, no, Steve. You you mixed up the two CEOs of Apple. Yeah, you know. Steve Jobs and what? Tim Cook. Tim Cook, thank you. <laughs> I didn't know there was gonna be a quiz on that. Like you know, I I yeah. I barely pay attention to my total Apple. My apologies fan to our great son. overlord Tim. Yes. Uh, for forgetting your first name. Uh, on the plus side, I just got brownie points from my son, who will be happy to remember that I knew the CEOs of Apple's mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. You got blondie points, is what you mean? Bl- <laughs> Strictly brownie points. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, yes. We are back with another episode of uh, Giant Cocktails, uh, deep into season two with episode 41 overall, uh, but episode two of season two. Today is Sunday, March 20th, as we record this podcast. The Giants have gone, I don't know, whatever, whatever, in uh, early spring training games. I think they're one and two. 
Yeah. I do know that Logan Webb started game one of the season and uh, did so in dominating fashion. Struck out five of the six batters he faced. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, off to a good start for him. Uh, I think the next guy that came in, his name was Brickhouse, and he threw like one. He, he's uh, yeah, like he got removed and then got put back in, and then got like I think he may have gotten removed again. Like I, it was, it was yeah. I felt bad for the guy actually. Oh, that's right. They have like some weird like spring training thing where you can take a guy out, yeah, and, and then insert him back in, yeah. insert him back in, yeah. So he doesn't like you know just completely mentally fall apart or have his arm fall off. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so we're we're into spring training games. It's all happened really fast after having nothing happening. Suddenly everything's happening. And we are, I think what, we're still about a good 18 days away, 19 days away from opening day. Is that correct? Yeah, we got about almost three weeks. So we still got some time. We still got some time for the, the boys to, to put it all together. But in the meantime, Matthew, you got a question for me. I do. So as we're going to talk here, uh, what are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Matthew. I am drinking a cocktail that I actually made at a holiday party earlier this week for for St. Patrick's Day because it it has a nice natural green color to it, depending on which chartreuse you use when you're making it. I'm having a last word, which is a a liqueur-heavy cocktail. It is uh, four equal parts of gin. Uh, chartreuse. Uh, you can use either yellow or green. I believe. I believe b- both are, are are appropriate in the last word. Um, I'm using a, a, a yellow because I ran out of my green, and uh, and then it's an equal part maraschino liqueur. I'm using Luxardo, and then uh, one part uh, lime juice. Uh, you put all of those together in a shaker, shake them up, uh, strain that into a coupe or cocktail glass served up, and garnish with um, some brandy cherries. I've got two nice Luxardos on here. And it comes off as a very... Um, sweet... Um, yeah, sweet kind of lemon or limey uh, kind of um, cocktail that is very, very spirit heavy. So it kind of, as as my favorite cocktails all do, it, it packs a punch, but tastes like uh, candy. Interesting, because you're relying on the sweetness from the liqueurs, obviously, uh, rather Correct. than any outside Correct. sweetener. Uh, I, I tend to stay away from those because I'm always afraid that they won't be sweet enough because I, I do like my cocktails a little sweeter as well. Interesting. Well, this one is using two different ones as two parts to yeah. uh, uh, to balance out the one part of lime juice and the one part of gin. So, um, so you know, you're getting a double dip here. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely true that the liqueur often does not carry as much sweetness as you would be used to from a, from a simple syrup. Uh, but I, I think in this case, because we're using two parts, um, it, it does quite well. Uh, this is definitely a sweeter cocktail, um, even though it is heavy on the um, the alcohol. Um, it comes off as a sweet cocktail. At least it does to me. Right. I like it. All right. Now I got to watch you eat a cherry. All right. Mm, cherry. Oh, yeah, right. What are you drinking, Matthew? <laughs> Thanks, Ben. I thought you'd never ask. Uh, well, I am drinking a drink called the Saloon Man Sour. And uh, there's a couple of reasons I chose this. Uh, 
this one has uh, a little bit of uh, it has some spiced rum in it, and uh, it's a sour. And I felt like that kind of accurately describes how I'm feeling right now. Spicy and sour. Spicy and sour. Exactly <laughs> right. I mean, this is how I feel about the Giants' free agency uh, period right now because, uh, yeah, it's uh, not a whole lot to be excited about. So I decided to to pull this one out. Now, this this cocktail, uh, if you look it up, you know, they'll talk about how it's great in the winter and fall because of the spiced rum kind of brings out this nice uh, kind of, you know, uh, wintry warmth uh, there. And yeah, and today is the first day of spring, but I'm like, screw it. I don't care. It's still uh, an appropriate drink. Uh, and I actually, I found this uh, over the winter, and it's one of my favorites now. I, I really like it. Um, it's got uh, one and a half parts of spiced rum, so one and a half ounces, I did. Uh, three quarter ounces of slow gin, which is, you don't see a whole lot of cocktails with slow gin, but I really do like uh, slow gin. It's one of my favorites uh, to, to play around with. Got a nice sweetness to it. Uh, and then it's got three quarter ounces lime juice, a quarter ounce of maple syrup, two dashes of Peychaud's bitters, and mm. then a pinch of salt, and the salt really mm. does make a difference because I have um, I've tried it with both, and the salt I don't know it just brings out this umami kind of thing. I mean it's it's hard to explain, but it, it definitely tastes better with the pinch of salt. So that is what I'm drinking. It is very nice uh, and refreshing, and um, I'm gonna take a big gulp right now. Well, that does sound like a lovely cocktail, and you know this is really a show manned by grumpy old men. And if you want to have your grumpy old man cocktail, then you should have your grumpy old man cocktail because Thank you. we do we do have a lot to grouse about today, don't we? We do, we do. I, you know, I mean, I, I there's still a lot of free agents out there. Um, they, they, uh, the season has not yet come. We we just said there we got about 18 more days to get there. There's still a lot of time for the, the Giants to to tinker with this roster, but not really, right? Like <laughs> they're like, done, we, aren't they? They're done. They're done. <sighs> come on, everybody. Man. Everybody that was gonna make a difference is gone. I mean, not no, you know, no, no. Tommy Pham still, <laughs> still a free agent. Quality right hander, give you that right handed power that we've been looking for. That we've been looking for, yeah. That that right handed power <laughs> that we've been looking for. I'm grasping. I'm grasping at straws here, Ben. Save me. Um. Hey. Um. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't really I don't know how to save you, Matthew. There was there was so much potential uh, at the beginning of this offseason. And I think Giant fans were really excited that the Giants were allegedly going to, to go all in. They had a lot of money available to pursue a lot of great uh, free agents. And, and the Giants had a lot to replace. Right. We we had Buster Posey. We had uh, Kevin Gossman. We lost Bryant. And there was a, you know, and we also knew that the, the Dodgers weren't going to just stand pat. Now, we lucked out when the Dodgers lost Seager. And uh, but but we knew that the Dodgers were out there looking to, to to reload as well. And so we really had to get out there and get it. We did. And and we, we didn't. didn't. We didn't. We didn't. We 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 we, we didn't get it. Um, 
I, 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 um, hey, I'm, hey, I'm with you. Jacob Junis, man. That was, <laughs> that was a page turner on the old uh, sports page. Let me tell all right, you. All right, all right, all right. Well, we are, we are going to talk about, we are going to talk about what we did get. We, we're going to get there. Oh, that's true. And we're, we're going to talk about the Jocks and the Jacobs and, and, and all of that. Uh, but first, I wanted to talk about the guys that we didn't get, right? Particularly that right-handed power bat that was either going to, at first we thought, fit into the outfield, but then as those outfield options went away, you and I were desperately grasping at straws of ways that the Giants could still pull this utter disaster out of um, the flames, and we were started throwing around some possible infielders. We talked about that on another podcast that we were guests on, uh, Thompson to Clark. Uh, we talked about the possibility of the Giants getting getting Trevor Story after they missed out on Say Sayu Seiya Suzuki Seiya Suzuki Seiya goodbye and and, uh, and uh, who ended up going to the Cubs, right? Yes. And and Nick Castellanos, who ended up going to the Phillies. Yep. And and then the Giants were rumored to be uh, one of the the few teams uh, vying uh, for, for Trevor Story, of all people. But he ended up going to the Astros. And... No, Red then, Sox. Sorry, Red Sox. Did he go to the Red Sox? He went to the Red Sox. Okay, well... He was rumored to go to the Astros because they had lost... Uh... Correa. Correa. No, they, they, that's right, because the Twins signed Correa. Wow. Crazy. The Twins, man. The Twins were busy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think I'd ever get anything about it. There was a little bit of me that was jealous of the Minnesota Twins this offseason. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Anyway. But so, so yeah, so those were all the three guys that we were rumored to get. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to, to gloss over the fact that we did get Carlos Rodon. So I, I think an effective uh, replacement for Kevin Gossman. Yes, there's question marks around his, um, his, his longevity. How much, you know, how, how many games can he actually pitch in, in in the regular season? You know, but I think when he did pitch last year, he was he was significantly better than Kevin Gossman overall. So you know, I, I think that's a comparable, a comparable replacement. Right, and Radon was in a, a, a unique situation where he he really does want to prove that last year wasn't right. a fluke. So before he right. tests himself on the market again, so it was the perfect the perfect setup for the Giants. Uh, uh, whereas right. nobody else wanted a short term contract. Yeah. So is that what happened? Is that why we didn't get Trevor Story and say uh, Suzuki and I Nick think Castellanos? So. I think so. I, I think Farhan has shown a history to kind of avoid long term contracts. You know, those six and seven year contracts never age well. And so on one hand, I can't say that I blame the Giants for, you know, backing off because, you know, a 37 a year old. You know, insert name here. You know, guy you know, is probably Freddie not Freeman. Going- is probably not going to uh, perform at the the level that you'd be paying him, and so I get that a little bit, I guess. Uh, you know, so I th- I think that that you know th- that has been um, Farhan's calling is that he wants to find guys that can produce over the short term. He doesn't want to lock in long term contracts uh, because he wants to kind of keep turning the roster over and improving it and and being better. And uh, so, I, but 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 
but we just won 107 games, Matthew. Exactly. We're, I, we're yeah. the defending National League West champions. We, you know, everybody is still coming back and still tell. Everybody is still claiming that the Dodgers are better than the Giants. Yeah, I've got a theory right? on this. Okay. Yeah. The theory What's is. What's your theory? They're right. <laughs> They're 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 right that the my, Dodgers are better than the yes, Giants. Yes, my, my my theory is is that the Giants caught lightning in a bottle last season, and while still a very good team, come on, 107 wins. Like I, I, I mean, you had you had career years and everything aligning. You had Lamont Wade Jr. and Darren Ruff and all these guys kind of contributing in a way that just you know a, a healthy pitching staff. You know, it just everything kind of came together. And Desclafani, Alex. Yeah, Wood, right. But... Everything. Everything came together. And and I just I don't think that that's something that we can rely on year over year. Although I will say that uh, I am bought in a little bit on this whole uh, platoon kind of thing. I think that the Giants are onto something and know what they're doing. Uh, but I don't think that that's the reason why they didn't go all in on these these free agents. I think another thing is that it, we haven't really. Is it because they're cheap? No. Because they're certainly willing to spend, I think that you know. And right now, you know, they they they're in on all these guys, right? I think I think it's just the length of the contract that is really kind of drawing them up. I don't think the average annual value is is what's what's holding them back. Right. I, th- I think it's the length of the contract. And I think the one thing that's kind of under under uh, people don't talk about a lot, I guess I should say, is that I think maybe the Giants are are reticent to 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 have contracts into the future because. I think they want to see what their uh, what their their prospects you know can do at the major league level. I mean, we've got guys that in the next two or three years are going to be ready to perform, and uh, you know theoretically, right? I mean, you you know you never know, but I mean, there's we've got you know the Heliot Ramos, the the Luis Matos, the you know you know insert Marco uh, Luciano, exactly. All those guys who are in their young their early twenties, but. In a couple of years, they're going to be expected to perform at the major league levels. And if you've got guys locked in for three or four years beyond their prime, then what do you do with those guys? Uh, what do you do with your, your prospects? And so I think that's something that we have to kind of remember, that the Giants are kind of looking at the long term and they're wanting to, uh, to really set the Giants up for success over the next decade and not the next year, per se. And so I think that has to be factored in. So you're saying... That the reason the Giants didn't get these guys is because they didn't want to give up the super long contract, the six year, the five year, or even beyond the that. That and the reason they didn't want to do that is because they didn't want to potentially block the path for some of these great prospects that they have coming up. Exactly. Well, I, I think that's part of it. I think that's okay. Well, I mean, I can see I can see the evidence for that because I I do want to say that it, that it is true. That the Giants, it, it seems like the Giants were heavily involved with Story, Suzuki, and Castellanos. That they made offers uh, or were having serious conversations, uh, at the very least, about making offers for all three of those guys. So you're right in the sense that they were involved and they would definitely have signed those guys, but they just weren't giving them enough. And and you're supposing that, that what they weren't giving them was that long-term contract. That that thirty five year thirty six year contract for for guys you know five or six years down the line right and I I'm just speculating but I, I would feel like a five year contract is probably what especially for a, for an outfielder is probably what you're 
comfortable doing. And other teams were like, okay, well, if that's the market, then we'll give you that sixth year. And the Giants just, you know, are not, not playing that game. I don't know, Matthew. <laughs> you don't know? I mean, look, no, I, I, I understand. I, I believe it. And I, I like this logic because it's my logic. Right? This is what I said a year ago. When you asked me, like, when are the Giants going to be good? I was like, 2023, 2024. This is true. You did say that. And then that. later I said, you know, and then that's probably when we'll start signing the free agents. Maybe a year before that. Yeah. Uh, but this is that year. This is the year before that. Right? I, I would agree, but I think I think Farhan has a plan and doesn't want to deviate from it. I think he he mentioned it after 2020, or 2020, I should say, when they you know, came within a game of, of making the playoffs that, you know, they felt like they're going to try and make the team better, but they're not going to really mortgage the future to do that. And I think, uh, you know, they're, they've done a good job of kind of balancing that, you know, looking at the payroll for the next few years, the Giants actually don't have any committed payroll in 2025, $0 committed in 2025, $22 million in 2024. They've got, they've got uh, $12 million for DeSclafani and a $10 million option for Alex Cobb, and that is the only contracts they have on the books for 2024. So they are set up for that 2024-2025 uh, window for you know their, their, their prospects to come up and start producing and then to augment with free agents uh, at that time. And so, like it or not, I think that's kind of where we're at. I think that's where the Giants are going to keep, you know, going down that road and preparing as if, you know, maybe last year, you know, was never happened. Wow. Last year never happened. Hmm. 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 Okay. Oh, Okay. I mean, well, but then, I mean, look at, uh, I mean, they, they still have a good team. It's not like, it's not like the team like is, is, you know, it's not like we're, I don't know, insert name of, uh, we're not the Colorado Rockies, right? I mean, right, right, right. So we're going to compete. Uh, you know, I, right. I think, I mean, you look at who did we lose? Who did we lose? Uh, well, I mean, so we lost, uh, we lost, uh, Kevin Gossman. Yeah, but we replaced right. him, right? right? We lost, uh, we lost uh, Johnny Cueto, right? And replaced him with an improved version with Alex Cobb. One could argue. Okay, okay, and we lost um, Kevin Bryant. Who? Yeah, <laughs> Chris, never... Chris Bryant. You mean? Oh, sorry. Whatever his name was. <laughs> Well, he was only on our team for like half a season. I I never wanted the guy in the first place. I wanted a closer. I got one. I got one. I just, I didn't know who it was going to be. Yeah, we lost Chris Bryant, right? But did we? No, we didn't lose anything. No. I mean, look, he was one of the few guys who played well in the series against the Dodgers, but it was nice of him to show up, (laughs) right? Because Chris Bryant was was pretty much um, well. I think you said he was pretty much a Tyro Estrada. He was. If you look at Tyro Estrada's uh, numbers during the time that Chris Bryant was also on the team, they were pretty much one and the same. Right. So so okay. So yes, they lost a big name in losing Chris Bryant, but Bryant really didn't contribute all that much. So what did you really lose? 
in terms of contributions to the team, not much. Um, and uh, I, I think that's it. That's everybody that they lost. Oh, are you sure? I love how you just kind of keep, I mean, you know, denial is, you know, not just a river in Egypt. You know, it's. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Look, I, there's only eight positions in baseball. We covered them all. And and that's that's what happened. Ben, Buster's not coming back. We need to kind of come to terms with Tom that. Brady's coming back. Why? Why? Why can't Buster come back? We get to have we we have to have Tom Brady come back for another season, but we can't have Buster Posey. It's not fair. I know that just know. proves that everything's wrong with the world. <laughs> why yeah. are they? Why? Why do bad things happen to good people? <laughs> and and who's the good people here? Like us, the me, fans? Me, oh, you. <laughs> That's right. Okay. <laughs> Why is Buster doing this to me? <laughs> oh, Buster. You know, um, listeners, I, I did um, just give uh, Ben a gift yesterday, actually. I gave him a coffee table book that I bought through the, I think it was through the Chronicle, uh, that uh, it was a highlight, a coffee table book that highlighted Buster's career. And uh, um, as a way of kind of maybe nudging Ben into the reality fake news. that, that fake Buster news. is gone. Buster's it's retired. It says the legendary career. I'm like the legendary first half of his career. <laughs> all right. All right. We need to refocus here because, uh, yeah, I mean, right. I, I okay. think that is okay. the one area, obviously, that we did not replace. Correct. And, and that's that's what we were looking for, right? We were yes. looking for a, a right-handed power bat, you know, ideally in the outfield because we know that Joey Bart is coming in and, and Kurt Casale is there, so we knew it wasn't going to be catcher, and, and there wasn't a lot of prospects at catcher i mean free agents at catcher anyway so we were literally looking to replace that production in the outfield but then as suzuki and castellanos went away we started saying like could trevor story play third base oh he could platoon with longoria and then garrett over at thompson and clark called it the longstoria and i thought that's great it's perfect it's gonna happen now <laughs> and and no it didn't happen didn't happen and um and so, so those are the yeah. That's what we lost, and and the one thing you're right, you're right. We replaced a lot of that, but you cannot for the light. There's just no way on this planet or any other planet or any other universe where. And I don't even want to say these two names in the same sentence because I feel like it's an insult to Buster Posey. But you cannot for a second tell me that Jock Peterson replaces Buster Posey. No, Jock Peterson replaces Alec Dickerson. Right, no, f no. Oh. Yeah, okay, I could see li that. Almost literally, because I think they both signed with the other team, right? So uh, the Alex Dickerson went to the Braves, Jock Peterson came to the Giants, which is kind that's of That's true, that's true. Jock Peterson cost four, $6 million, and Alex Dickerson cost one. Right. But, um, but you know, Jock Peterson gives Giants fans hives, and uh, Alex Dickerson is a <laughs> beloved former Giant. Yeah. Uh, Hey, hey! But getting back to Buster, just real quick. Yeah. Kirk Casale came into the best career, came into the, to spring training in the best shape of his life. I hope so. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Kirk Casale <laughs> is going to be the 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 Lamont Wade Junior of 2022. Um. <laughs> you almost did no. a spit take there. <laughs> I did almost do a spit take. And uh, I. I don't think. Hmm, wow, 
I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that in jest. I'm, <laughs> I'm hopeful that Kurt Caselli will at least hit better than he did last year because last year was not his, uh, his, his best year. No, uh, last year was not his best year. And I think we, we did see a, a little bit of a streak there towards the end where, where he did get hot. And I think we saw a little bit of what the real Kurt Caselli can, can do. But, but even, even when Kurt Caselli is hitting his normal at his normal pace, he's he's nothing to. That's not what makes Kurt Casale great. Kurt Casale is great because he is one really good with the pitching staff, right? Uh, and and I think as a as a as a backup catcher, he is phenomenal, right? He's a great backup catcher to have. But I think at the end of the day, he's he's a backup catcher. Right. right. And and so, you know, I mean, so I'm glad he came in in the best shape of his life, uh, because I do think there are a lot of questions, questions, questions around around Joey Bart. And, and that guy's got a lot to live up to, um, not just in terms of replacing Buster Posey, which I think everybody recognizes is impossible, but just to his own hype and to his own and to I think is to his own true potential. So there's a, a catcher is an absolutely very interesting position this year, but it still doesn't. Um, I think you saying all of that is just distracting us from the fact that the Giants didn't do enough in free agency. And you no. were about to make some argument as to why the sky isn't falling, but the sky is falling. <laughs> it is. It is falling. I, you know, it's. <sighs> you, you, well, let's let's look at the free agency that we did. Let's look at the free agents we did bring in, because I think. Okay. I think okay. that will um, sure. only make us feel worse. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Jock Peterson being Dar- well outside of Radon, who which we spoke about last week, so we don't need to kind of bring him up again. But Jock Peterson, you know, being the crown jewel of the you know bat that we brought in. Uh, first of all, have you seen his hair? Like. <laughs> Like so now, so now we got you know Jake McGee's like wait man I was the one with the mohawk right and and Jock Peters is like yeah but I got the flowing mohawk and he's got it you know so I on a we, scale of one to Bryce Harper how bad is it? It's I, it's, I haven't seen it. It's it's pretty bad. It's like mullet meets mohawk, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, it's platinum blonde. So it is. Um, Do you think the Giants just signed him so that they could sell a bunch of pearls at at the ballpark this year? Because isn't he? They're they're a business, Ben. Okay, you know, you know that there's gonna be pearls at the Giants uh, dugout store starting starting next week. Look, look, look. I'm not gonna. So first of all, look, Jock Peterson. I I mean, there's a reason why we don't like the guy, and it's not just because he was a Dodger. No. Right. (laughs) It's because it's because he was a Dodger who did good things against the Giants. Right. Yes. And and Jock Peterson from four seasons ago was was a a quality ball player. Right. Especially a quality power bat, left handed power bat, but still a big power bat. But the guy, I mean, I I mean, maybe he could put together. I guess it was like 2019. He hit 36 home runs. He had a 126 OPS plus with an 876 uh, OPS and a whoa 538 slugging percentage, yeah, and a 339 on base percentage. If we get that Jock Peterson, I will shut my mouth. Yeah, well, but then last year he was actually I compared when I say that he replaces Alec Dickerson, they had almost identical numbers. Uh, Jock Peterson had a, more at bats, so his overall numbers, uh, home runs and all that were were mm-hmm. more. 
but on an average, uh, they were almost the identical person. So he hit 18 home runs, but otherwise, you're saying he hurt his team more than Dickerson did because he had more at bats. Yeah, Dickerson actually had a higher WAR, I think, or or OPS plus. OPS. I think Dickerson's was a 95, and Jock Peterson's was like a 93. And right. So, uh, so. You know, I mean, he's just, you can't really rely on this guy to be anything other than a situational left hand bat off the bench. He's going to DH, you know, yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, that's, that you don't want to put, he's not an offense, he's not a guy you're going to put out in the outfield for any particular reason. Right. And so, you know, I, I mean, he's going to DH. And and that's a new position for the Giants this year. They didn't do particularly well in that role last year or in 2020 when it was there. Uh, yeah. So. Maybe he'll provide some pop against you know right-handed pitchers in that in that respect, but oh well. I mean, just okay, Jock Peterson, yay. Yeah, I mean it's a tough pill, pill to swallow because I know the guys from Palo Alto, and I'm sure he grew up a Giants fan. But I mean, come on, damage done, dude. You played, you played, uh, you played <laughs> six seasons for the Dodgers. It's like you don't recover from that. And. No. Um, I mean, until you do great things for the Giants, in which case, hey, you know, nobody cares, right? Um, so, so please, please do. I and I actually do think this is a, is a good signing, and and I think in terms of replacing Alex Dickerson, I think I think it's definitely if you told me which one of these two guys would you take, I would take Jock Peterson for right. sure. Yeah, for sure. I I think the only problem with Jock Peterson is is that he was as good as it got. Yes. Right. In terms right. of the problem the with Jock Peterson is he's not Nick Castellanos. He's not Correct. say a Suzuki. Correct. I would love to have him with one of those other guys. Exactly. And and uh, and, and at the end of the day, it just it just didn't happen. I I mean, ugh, I you know I I know we talked about this at the beginning of the show, and I think this was the the time where we were supposed to like find the silver lining. But I, I other than the argument that you made that they're saving their money. And not blocking the prospects two to three years from now, that is a tough pill to swallow for following up such a brilliant season last year with a big bunch of nothing and um, and, and and watching the Dodgers, at, you know, go the opposite route. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, the Dodgers, their window is closing. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, they they have a lot of money on the books in 2025 true. and so true. you know i feel like although they don't seem to they just print money apparently in los angeles so i i don't know if that's necessarily a deterrence for for the dodgers but uh you know there's i don't know i just i feel like at some point the dodgers are going you know the the contracts that they have on the books are going to catch up to them and and they're going to uh, yeah, so they're all in right now, right? Yeah, and, they're and all it, in. They're so all in. They, good this for the is their, their, this is their window is closing. This is, I think, the last two or three years where everything is easy for them, and uh, because they're going to have a lot of old money on their, you know, and as we knew, they mortgaged they mortgaged what little they had left of their farm system last year. They mortgaged that for the Trey Turner, Max Scherzer trade, right? You know, and so so I think you're right. The window is closing. And, and to some sense, you know, they, they, they're they they're slamming the window shut on their own fingers um, with this and, Freddie Freeman. And maybe signing. that's the maybe. The, yeah, well, exactly. And maybe that's the Giants you know, strategy is like, well, the Dodgers are going to be on the down on the backside of all these contracts in 2024, 25. And that's when the Giants will have a better opportunity to sign, you know, those big time guys. So I don't know. I you know that that could go either way, but I think you know the, the other thing is that we brought it. We we add this week. We added to the pitching staff. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think before this, you know, when we went into the lockout, 
Well, we had one pitcher. Or no, we had three pitchers. Yeah, we, we had just signed. Uh, we had just signed Alex Wood. We had just signed Desclafani to extensions, and then we signed Cobb. I think right before the lockout. So we had kind yeah. of done a lot of work, but there was still a little bit of unknowns on what we were going to. You know, there was still that fifth starter. So we we lock up Laredone right after the lockout ends, and now now Farhan's going to Farhan. Right now he's he's looking at the bargain bin. He's like rummaging around trying to find the cans that maybe aren't as dented. Maybe uh, you know, that maybe the label hasn't peeled off entirely. You he's, say you say Farhan's like he's he's like he's like shoulder deep in the bargain bin, is he, that what you're saying? He's shoulder deep in the bargain bin and 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 even pulling out guys that got shoulder problems, right? Like, you know, uh, right. like Matthew Boyd and and you know, Matthew Boyd was a signing this week. Reminds me a lot of the signing that they did with Brebia, you know, uh, was it two years ago? You know, it was a guy that was coming off, that was going to be on, who was rehabbing at the time, and they were banking on his, you know, coming back healthy and, and contributing at a later date. So I like that Farhan does that. He thinks farther ahead than I think every other GM, and he's like, well, here's a guy I can get cheap that will eventually come back in the second half of the season and maybe help us. And and so I liked that signing for that reason, you know, not, you know, it's, uh-huh. it's just depth. Uh, Carlos Martinez was another guy they signed this week. Uh, he's got, you know, he's, he's got some really good years behind him, but has struggled recently. But they signed him to a minor league deal. So he's not even taken up a 40-man roster spot, which is another Farhan genius move, right? You're signing, you're betting on upside, you're betting on a guy that maybe could could come back. And the Giants have shown an ability to, to help those kind of guys looking to rebound. So maybe they got that. And then they signed Jacob Junis uh, this last week as well. He's got some uh, major league starting experience. What was interesting about him is that he has an option left. And we know how much Farhan likes to to use the options, right? And so I think we'll see a lot of Jacob Junis this year. I think he's going to be the Scott Kazmir, uh, Sammy Long kind of guy that we saw last year that they were bouncing it back and forth, you know, to, to make spot starts. So so not not sexy. Not, not, not anything that I'm really excited about. And what will be the worst thing is if it's like halfway through the season, our rotation consists of Matthew Boyd, Carlos Martinez, and Jacob Junis. I mean, if, if those guys are pitching for us for any length of time, our season is screwed, right? But, but, but if it was like last year where they were just plugging in, giving guys rest, you know, just finessing that whole staff through the season, then I could see where these guys have value. Well, I I think that's a good point. I I do think, I do think. Well, first of all, I do want to say you just said a bunch of names that I don't even like. Whatever, <laughs> like like whatever. Okay, like I, I feel I'm like great. one of us should know the names of the guys the Giants signed. Yeah, so, you know, well, I did a little you know, homework. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. I mean, you know, that's cool and all, but you know, I, and fine. You know, all I just gotta say is, is like, if Farhan's gonna Farhan, yeah, yeah, he better. Like, you know, because, like, I, I, you know, yes, 107 wins, National League West champions. What have you done for me lately? What you've done is miss out on all of the free agents that we were trying to get. That's what you've done. And you, our team is worse on paper than it was last year. And, yes, we all we all didn't realize how good it was. But I think we all also realized, like you said earlier, Matthew, that a lot of this was a fluke. Right? The, the the strength of our team last year was just an absolute fluke. But I, I think that does raise a really good question now, which is, okay, given that the free agent signings have, have basically come and gone, 
that anybody who's going to make a huge act uh, impact has already been signed. That, yes, Farhan is over there in the bargain bin, you know, finding gems. He's he's like those guys that are, like, go on the YouTube and, and show you going to, how they go to every Walmart and they're trying to buy the cheapest version of the video game and flip it for 20 bucks on, on eBay. Yeah, he's doing all that jazz. But, like, at the end of the day, this is basically the team, right? The roster that the Giants have today is basically what the team is. Yes, there's some guys on the fringe that have to figure out who's going to be on the starting, you know, who's going to be in the starting um, roster and who isn't. But my question for you is, how good is this team anyway? How good is the team that we have right now? And and I think we've already kind of said, like, look, everybody in the world thinks it's not as good as the Dodgers. I think you and I probably agree. But, you know, that's what everybody thought last year, too. Right. So 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 where is this team now? How good is it now that we're all said and done? Yeah, that's a good question. I, and I don't when we say a fluke, I think I don't want to intimate that intimate that 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 the team sucks. I mean, it's you know, 107 wins is the most wins in the 100 and what 39 year history of the San Francisco Giants. So I think that's the fluky part. Like I mean nobody saw that. Nobody nobody including well, the Giants felt like there was in 107 essence, wins. Any team winning 107 games is a fluke. Yeah, right? So <laughs> right. So, so uh, but so, I but I do yeah. think we have a 90 win you know team. I think that's that's 90 wins is the is the kind of the right. the bar. I, and I, and this year, ninety wins is easily going to make the playoffs. Oh yeah, easily. And so I don't want to. I don't want to sound like you know that we're that that the team is bad. But you know, but there are some question marks. And I think you know, for me, after seeing how we're doing it last year, so I, I see. Okay, we didn't get a big bat in the outfield. So that leaves us with what? That leaves us with a platoon and left of what? Darren Ruff and Lamont Wade Jr., uh, mm-hmm. who was a very good. You know, a duo last year. If you combine their numbers, excellent production. Uh, center field's a little, little, a little iffy with with Austin Slater and Steven Duggar in a platoon, because both of them are out of op. No, I think uh, just one of them. I think uh, Duggar, Duggar is out of options, and yeah. I think Slater may have one left. But but Duggar's got to be there or or be off the team, right? So I feel like you know that makes me a little nervous just because there's a lot of potential but they haven't really put it all together yet so that could definitely be a weakness there because we didn't fill that spot uh and then there's Yaz and Wright and you know he certainly in 2000 uh in 2020 showed that he he could be an everyday player but you know didn't necessarily show that last year uh although you know he gave an interview uh, a month or so ago basically talking about getting hit that last uh that last in, in at the, hand, in the yeah. spring mm-hmm. and how that really messed him up uh, more, more psycho- psychologically than anything else. And it really took some time for him to kind of get his 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 uh, groove back. So maybe this year he puts together another 2020 type season. I certainly hope he does. Uh, but but gosh, you know, I mean, I'm looking at all these question marks and, I, and I'm like, oh, my God, our outfield sucks, Ben. Like, I just like. <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's no Castellanos, no Suzuki, no Trevor Story for that matter. I mean, we're relying on these platoon guys to do what they did last year, and 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 in Farhan, I trust, but I don't even know. Like like like, 
like they're you know Pakoda is projecting the Giants to be like the worst run scoring team in the majors even after they were the or they were or in the National League I should say and they were the most uh, the the they had the second most run scored in the National League last year so uh, I guess if they can catch lightning in a bottle twice that they'll you know that they can do it I just I don't know I'm 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 hovering between being like totally chicken little and being optimistic and I don't know which way to go um yeah. I, I, okay. You said a lot there. And, um, I you will say this. Question and I just started answering. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. How good is our team? And you're like, it's not good at all. Our outfield is horrible. Um, Pakota says the Giants are going to score the least amount of runs. I think, okay. So one thing, I don't even know how Pakota works, but clearly it's broken. It's broken. Yeah. It doesn't know how to analyze the San Francisco Giants. And if the San Francisco Giants are anywhere in the top third in runs scored, then whoever's doing Pakoda really has to seriously rethink that algorithm. Yeah. The Giants because broke Pakoda last year. The, sure. the Giants broke it and 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 smart baseball people have outsmarted you and and you need to go figure out your stuff. Because I, I think at the end of the day, like I don't know how Pakoda works. I, I'm I'm a computer scientist by trade, so I do know generally how that stuff works. And my question is, are they running Sims? And if they're running Sims, are they factoring in how the manager is going to put their lineups together against opposing starting pitching? And then they're just doing projected uh, output for players um, or are they just doing projected output for players and then constructing that into a um, into a projection of, of, of you know of wins and losses like I, I think if it's the latter then I think Pakota is very broken and it doesn't know how to analyze the San Francisco Giants because I do believe that the platoons work the San Francisco Giants have demonstrated that. And I think classically over the history of baseball, platoons have worked more or less. It's just they have never been as satisfying or as flashy as the single guy, right? Everybody wants to know who their starting right fielder is, and they want that to be the same person every day. Well, I think, um, and on that note, I think that players want to be that guy every day, right? So sure. the Giants I think are that's... unique in that you've got some people on the team that buy into this whole platoon. Right, team. that's the difference. That's the difference. And I, and I think that is the main thing that this team um, or any team that's trying to do this has to sell is to remind everybody that just because you're not the starting left fielder doesn't mean you're not a very, very important part of this team. And it doesn't mean uh, that you're not going to help this team win and that the team depends on you to do so. So, you know, I think as long as they've got players who believe in that and and everybody is is pulling in the same direction, then I think this continues to work. So I, I, I think Lamont Wade and Darren Ruff, especially when you add in Jock Peterson and the DH, I I like that I like that group very much. I also like the the versatility that Lamont made Lamont Wade Jr. brings to you in terms of the fact that he can play first base and he can play center field. Center field does worry me because it feels a little bit like it's manned by the two guys who you always were hoping would 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 become the next thing, and they really have just become sort of like marginal role players. Yeah. I think Steven Duggar is the best defensive center fielder in the organization, but I don't know what else you can say about him than that. I mean, he had some really good flashes last year. Um, you know, I, I think that the best thing about Austin Slater right now, and I mean, maybe this is a little heavy handed, but I think the best thing about him is that option, you know, and um, but but talking about Yastrzemski, I'm looking at his stats for the last three years 
And, you know, he was an above average player last year. And I know it was seemed like a down year for him. He only hit 224. His on-base percentage was 311, you know, but he did hit 25 home runs. And his uh, his slugging percentage was 457. So, you know, he was he was he was slightly above average as a major league baseball player. And, uh, you know, I, I think the guy's primed for a bounce back year. So I'm not worried about Mike Yastrzemski um, a- at all. And and I think it is important to highlight the fact that this team scored the second most runs in the National League and hit the most home runs in in the National League, if not all of baseball last year. And uh, and it's virtually the same team minus Buster Posey, who, while he did contribute, uh, uh, you know, across the board, you know, the home runs were not um uh, well, I don't know. How many home runs did Buster end up hitting? He hit it like 15, 20? 16, Was it 15? 16? Oh, yeah. Well, now anyway, play. I'm going to make you... I'm sorry. I'm making you work. Uh, but anyway, my point is is that like this team, I think offensively, yeah, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't wow you, but I think that what it does demonstrate is it's good enough. I think Eight, this offense 18 is... 18 home runs. 18 home runs. I think this offense is good enough. It's going to definitely have a fall off from last year just because so many people had bounce back years or career years. But I think the real strength of the San Francisco Giants is its pitching staff. And this pitching staff, now that we know it, is really good. It is. We can't use Bobisms anymore where he says our bullpen sucks. I mean, it's... And our no, starting because... rotation for that matter. I mean, right? I mean, it's... Across the board, we've got a pretty good pitching staff. Right, and I think I think the media is going to underrate this pitching staff. Um, but how? Just be- how could they underrate I, it? I don't know. People who don't I, watch the Giants will underrate it. But I think, you know, I mean, their bullpen last year had five guys who pitched over 50 innings and had an ERA under three. For the first time in history, that happened last year. Right. So so you, you can't. And then and that doesn't even include like Ty, I mean, um, uh, Camilo Duvall uh, coming in at the end. I mean, you know, as we talked about last week, I mean, we've got a we've got a seventh, eighth and ninth now of Tyler Rogers, Jake McGee and Camilo Duvall. Uh, you know, we've got and now we've got starters that uh, have a track record, all of them of being successful. I mean, it's just uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm excited about our pitching staff. I think our pitching staff will be uh, the strength of this team for sure. I think it's one of the best pitching staffs in baseball, top to bottom. When you count when you count the rotation and and the bullpen, I I think I think uh, and I think we know that, and I think that's that's demonstrated by the success of last year. I think all of the prognosticators are going to have to say that last year was a fluke, right? And I think they're going to point at Desclafani and Wood, and say both of them are going to have big um, down years after uh, having up years last year. Um, you know, I, I think that's really where most of them will point or they're going to point to something that is not wrong. And you alluded to earlier, which is the risk of injury. Right. And and I will say that, yes, I think this starting rotation this year is a lot shallower than than it was last year. But I don't think we knew that last year either. So, you know, we, we do like Tyler Beatty is allegedly back and like, you know, ready to 
ready to, I mean, this is really his last shot, I think, uh, ready to take his last shot. I bet, you know, you got Sean Jelly ready to be, you know, start making real contributions. And I'm not saying these guys are going to pitch and, uh, you know, start a lot of games, but they're going to start like maybe five. And, and, you know, you've got Carlos Martinez and Sammy Long. Sammy Long. So I, I think the depth is there. You know, we are relying a lot on Desclafani and Wood. Um, but I think they did improve a lot with Cobb over Cueto. And uh, I, I think the biggest question mark is Rodon. You know, how well is he going to be able to pitch into the later part of the season? And and if he can't do it, do they have enough depth to cover for him? Um, and I think ultimately that's going to decide how many games this team wins. But at the end of the day, this team is going to win enough games to make it to the playoffs. I think they're easily going to finish in second place. I, I think the hapless Padres are still going to be the hapless Padres. And I'm going to keep saying that until they prove me wrong. Um, which, you know, I think never they will they will never do it. All know? right. Yeah. Well, I think, I think yeah. I mean, I'm with you on the Padres. I feel like they, they, they look good on paper, uh, but then, you know... Uh, yeah, I think they've got then a lot of they to then answer. they then they pull a Jeff Kent and a Madison Bumgarner and their <laughs> their best guy or one of their best guys breaks his wrist riding a motorcycle, and then doesn't tell anybody about it for three months. Yeah, that's that's the sign of real leadership there. <laughs> How does that? What is that? Is that is, he's riding his motorcycle around and he crashes it multiple times, and this is a guy whose shoulder pops out when you look at it wrong. What is he doing anywhere near a motorcycle? But anyway, this is not a podcast about the San Diego Padres. So, um, I'm sure they're having a lot of fun talking about that on the Padres podcast. Oh, man. Sure. Oh, man. That's got to be the leading story. That's got to be the leading story. But I, I think I, I think at the end of the day, I, I think it really comes down to, to this. This was a disappointing offseason as it goes in terms of free agent signings. I think it was not what the Giants wanted to happen, right? I think the Giants wanted to get at least one of those three guys that we talked about or somebody similar. Yep. And and they they didn't. And I think the reason that they didn't, is you're correct, is, is that they just didn't want to commit to those long-term contracts. And I hope that's indicative of them waiting for the real labor that this regime has put into this organization in terms of building it from the ground up at the minor league level. They're really waiting for that to pay off. And um, and in the meantime, we continue to have a highly competitive team that is extremely good in both the bullpen and the rotation. And the fact of the matter is, if you're good in two out of those three areas, the offense, the bullpen, and the rotation, then you're going to be a very competitive team. So I think the San Francisco Giants are going to be a very, very competitive team. I think you're right. I think 90 wins is the over-under, and I think they're going to be over it. Yeah, I um, I do too. I, I do think it's 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 also uh, important to point out that uh, you know the trade deadline is still several months away. And, uh, you know, if the Giants are in a position like they were this year to make a run at the National League West, uh, you know, that's an option as well, right? I mean, there's no reason why they can't improve the team throughout the season. The the, the roster that we have on opening day isn't necessarily the roster that we're going to have at the, you know, halfway through or even as we approach playoffs. So there's some time. And... 
and 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 I think the Giants have shown that if they're in it, they're going to go get pieces, and uh, they're not afraid to do that. Uh, it will be interesting to see this trade deadline, though. How uh, if more teams are 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 able to make the playoffs? Does that mean less sellers? You know, probably. Uh, yeah. So so you know, it won't look maybe the way that we're used to in terms of the trade deadline, and so um, who knows? But but you'll have you to know. give up more to get less. I exactly. think. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And I I don't know, man. I don't know. I I think you know. I'm a big believer in the 2023 and 2024 Giants. Right. I have been for a while (laughs) and um, I am still a believer in those giants. And and I I would hate to see that guess disrupted uh, to help support a 90 win team. But, um, you know, but I I don't know. That should be that should hopefully it comes to that. And 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 uh, and, and, you know, we'll 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 see what happens. Or maybe it hopefully it doesn't come to that because the Giants are like well on their way to another hundred and five win season. But, um, yeah, I I don't think any of us expect that to happen. So, um, all right. Well, yeah, we got another week of baseball coming up, spring training baseball. And uh uh, we'll see if uh, any other chips fall, and we'll be back next week to talk about it all. Uh, if you are new to us, thanks for joining us. Uh, join us on Twitter and Instagram at, at Giant Cocktails, uh, you know, where you can uh, find our recipes for our drinks. We'll put the, the, uh, the, the, the what did I drink? Uh, the Saloon Man Sour and the Last Word up on, uh, up on Instagram and, uh, and Twitter. Uh, along with uh, some fun, uh, you know, banter about our Giants. So uh, join us there. You can also follow Ben at, at WatchBenFail at both uh, Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, you know, we look forward to, to chatting with you and then talking with you next week. Ben, until then, cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up.